I almost had to wait. Well, I got an idea for a shoe rack right in here, maybe, huh? Oh, what is this gelatinous muck? Andrew, when I tell you to pack staples, must I specify that you are to pack good caviar and not this $1.99 fish bait? Yes, madam. Caviar should be round and hard and of adequate size. And it should burst in your mouth at precisely the right moment. Uh, yes, madam. Carpenter? Yeah. You have exactly 48 hours. I suggest you get started. Throw that out. You are listening to Original Remake. This is a podcast where we discuss and compare original film and its remake. Or sometimes films with similar concepts, because just like Hollywood, we are that unoriginal. So this being a movie podcast, um, yeah, let's get to it. Welcome back to another episode of Original Remake. Uh, For this episode, we are looking back to 1987's Overboard and the 2018 remake. And joining me as always in his denim overalls, uh, golden blonde hair, blue eyes. (laughs) I was kind of wondering which one I was going to be there. I mean, I guess I'm fine with Kurt Russell or Goldie Hawn. No, on affairs. That's oh, no. <laughs> uh, yeah, not so cool with that. Uh, a little spoiler for how I feel about the yeah, new film, yeah. I guess. Well, uh, we're back. Uh, had a little time off. Um, you know, obviously uh, scheduling conflicts and and what have you. But also, you're moving. You know, you needed somebody to build you a shoe rack in your new home, and that takes some time. Right. And I'm very demanding, <laughs> so they had to start over. Right. You want you wanted oak, and I'm sure you told them as such. Well, I just assumed, like going on, oak or nothing, right? For a shoe wreck? <laughs> right. That's Actually, right. for me, I have had, and I know we're already getting off track, but at the uh, new place, there's this tiny little nook in our closet. Mm. It's not huge by any means. And I saw that, and it's the perfect size for me to set up just a little end table, my laptop, microphone. And sit on a stool and record. And, of course, my wife. All of her clothes in there. So it's like soundproofing. This will be awesome. <laughs> I couldn't even get that damn little corner with a little stool yep. in the yep. back of the house. She wouldn't give me that space. So, yeah, I'm going to have to have someone uh, make me a soundproof studio. My wife's selfish. I need to have her watch overboard. Yeah, there you go. And, you know, maybe even tease that uh, perhaps that she can get a... a a shoe closet like that, if you can get that little nook. Uh, funny you mentioned that because I've had, I think, two friends uh, in the last few years purchase some, you know, some nice houses uh, where, you know, when they give us a tour, my wife will point out, honey, look, that could be like a uh, podcast area for you. I go, mm-hmm. yes, indeed. You know, let's, uh, <laughs> let's, let's give me a room. So if I ever get kicked right. out, you know, for the night, yep. I can stay here and podcast. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Of course. I think... That she's made similar jokes, but of course there's no follow through. <laughs> so I guess I'm stuck with a desk, yeah, and a microphone, like a normal person, and the sound will suffer. Well, we'll see. We'll see. Like the next house we uh, we move into, if I even get something, so I'll be like, hey, w- remember what you said about like our friends' houses? What about our own? So, so we'll see. But uh, overboard, yeah, this movie. Uh, actually, these are 
both first time watches for you. Um, the first uh, original Overboard I have seen uh, many times throughout the years since I was a kid. Uh, it is also a movie that I reviewed on Podstalgic with uh, Margot D of uh, Book versus Movie. It was a movie that she um, requested, so it was one of her favorites as well. So check that out if you guys are interested or is a fan of Margot D. Uh, but a little refresher for those that may have not seen it in a while. Uh, Kurt Russell is a carpenter, single father of, I don't know, 10 kids or something. And um, he is hired by Goldie Hawn, who her and her husband port uh, in Oregon. Um, and they hire his services to build a shoe closet type doohickey. Uh, I think if you've seen the movie, you remember what we're talking about. Uh, at some point, there's a... Not an altercation, but they definitely have a fight uh, in regards to what type of wood was to be used. Long story short, one evening Goldie Hawn falls off the boat, wakes up with amnesia. Kurt Russell decides to use this to his advantage and make her pay for not only throwing him overboard at one point, but also his uh, toolbox, which probably cost a lot of money as well. But I'm not sure if uh, if that... <laughs> if that uh, th- We'll get into it. Very problematic, <laughs> what, what he does with her. You're saying uh, that the revenge may be a little uh, problematic? <laughs> Take it to 11? 111, perhaps. Yeah. Okay. So in the remake, directed by Rob Greenberg, who I'm not really familiar with, but looking at his IMDb, it looks like he's done a lot of work in television. This appears to be his feature debut. He's uh, done some episodes of Scrubs, Happy Endings. Some How I Met Your Mother. Are you familiar with them? You're more of a TV guy. I'm familiar with those. I can't say that I've seen uh, Scrubs I'm familiar with. I've never watched, but um, Happy Ending on here is a good show. So this appears to be his feature debut, this remake. Stars Anna Ferris as Kate. So we've got a gender swap here as far as the characters' situations at the start. She's a single mother who's working numerous jobs, works at a pizza place, and... Her job where she meets Leonardo, played by, and I'm going to butcher this name. Unfortunately, I'm the one with more complicated names here. Eugenio Derbez. Derbez, yeah. I, I, I think I would have gone with exactly that, too. Okay. All right. That's good. So uh, you heard it here first from Peter, who brings the I approve. ethnic I approve. voice <laughs> to me, the straight white guy on this podcast. He approved. Okay. So we're good. So he plays the... Wealthy Mexican playboy stepping into the Goldie Hawn role. And pretty similar occurrence here. She's, um, Anna Ferris comes on. In this case, not to build a shoe closet, like we all like, but basically just to clean up the place. The equipment of hers that is destroyed is the cleaning supplies, carpet cleaning, some expensive machinery, and also not being wealthy like Kurt Russell, working class. Uh, pretty big setback. I think the big difference this time is that what starts this fight, this dispute, is that he asks her to fetch him a drink. Yeah. Yeah. So... That's pretty much it. <laughs> a mango. Just... A mango, right? Or a papaya? Just a quick comparison there. Not them saying that Kate should have done that, because that's not the job she's there to do. She's there to clean carpets. She's putting up with a lot, because there's a lot of sexual activity while she's while she's there. Yeah, A little bit different than starting over from scratch. I think in the original film, part of the problem is that Kurt Russell is saying, hey, he's more than willing to do the job over again, but she's just going to have to pay him for the time. And 
the new materials to do so. So since the film follows similar beats, I, uh, <laughs> I have a little bit of an issue with the escalation at this point, because in the original, since Kurt Russell is representing blue collar work, you understand why he doesn't want to come out of pocket for a job for someone who has no respect for what he does, even though he's willing to continue doing the job as long as he's paid. Here, I think it becomes a little more sexist, treating Anna Ferris like a waitress when she's not. But I felt much like a sitcom, which kind of explains Rob Greenberg's background. This was something that felt like a moment from Curb Your Enthusiasm, where I'm wondering if people would really start screaming at each other with this. I, I thought that maybe Kate would just say, hey, I'm not getting you a drink, and walk off and no longer continue to have a conversation with this asshole. Yeah, that's just the first of many of my criticisms with this remake. So, uh, if you like the film, uh, thank you for the download. Oh sure, no, you know I I don't think the remake is entirely terrible. But uh, let's throw this out just just in case anybody is wondering. We're gonna get into spoilers. Uh, I, I think it's been out long enough, you know, that we can uh, talk in spoilers. Uh, a couple other uh, differences here. Instead of the Portland Trailblazers, the uh, team of choice here is the Seahawks. So go Seahawks. Um, Did that insult you a little bit? No. Because you're more of a Blazers I guy. Am. And I felt like, oh, the Seahawks, they've won a Super Bowl in the last five years. It felt like to the general public, people would recognize them more than the Blazers now. So they were going with the trendier pick. Well, Anna Ferris is from Seattle. Her and Chris Pratt are very big uh, Seattle Seahawks fans. So she's to blame. Well, I don't want to say blame, but no, I totally get it. You know, it's still it's kind of nice. I know I have friends that are you know in in all Seahawks gear. My brother in law, you know, goes to bed and you know in all that in Seahawks gear. So there's there, there's plenty of them around here. The twelves. Sure. Yeah. It's the Pacific Northwest football exactly. choice. We don't have one in town, so we root for the Seahawks here. Uh, so that it's. You know, you met, you described the remake, you know, kind of like a uh, like a sitcom, and it very much is. I think it uh, complements Anna Ferris's, you know, uh, uh, her humor, her style of comedy. Uh, but also, I feel that they are trying to do kind of like an '80s humor kind of vibe as well. You know, like something a little throwback, slapsticky. Um, now. Do you call this a remake or do you call this a sequel? Because they give a uh, a very knowing nod to the original movie. I still call it a remake myself. Okay. <laughs> I mean, it's interesting because I was just reading an article before we started recording on Star Trek. Oh, very related. Yeah. Yeah, we'll have to make sure to hashtag the hell out of this episode for the all the tracky audience <laughs> out there. But no, um, <laughs> it was talking about even though they – uh, Paramount and CBS are owned by Viacom, the same company. The disputes they have over the Star Trek rights, mm -hmm. you know, you just wonder why they can't get together. Why can they not get on the same page? Like with Star Trek Discovery, they had to wait contractually six months until after the last movie uh, because they can't have the films and shows, I guess, crossover in the marketing. And in the article, they were talking about Abrams' reimagining of Star Trek mm -hmm. and how it sort of started that trend where – like remake has become a dirty word and it's probably a problem for this podcast. And I wonder if there was a little bit of that here where they don't want to say it's a pure remake, but it exists in the same world. We're going to shout out to the original. So that's kind of an interesting question. Do you think going back to something like Ghostbusters, do 
people just have a problem with straight up remakes now? Is it a dirty word? I, I think so. I mean, it's just as dirty as uh, Marvel to you. I, I feel. Um, hey, now <laughs> I've actually been on a hot streak with Marvel. Okay, Black Panther, All right. Ragnarok. That's fair. Spider-Man Homecoming. I think what it is is um, there hasn't been enough successful remakes, reboots, and rehashes and all that stuff that it has become a dirty word. Uh, revivals of some cartoons that people are very uh, upset about, uh, which uh, one of which is uh, Thundercats. Were you ever a fan of that or into that at all? I did like it when I was a kid. I can't say I remember much about the uh, like the storyline or anything, really. I don't remember if it was the movie or the like. A, was it a TV you know, a movie where it was like the pilot in the second episode, but there was something that I did used to own and I was quite a fan of it. And I, I didn't watch any of the uh, reimaginings afterwards, but uh, recently Cartoon Network announced that they're going to do a Thundercats Roar uh, remake or something. I saw and a picture that, of that on Facebook, yeah. Yeah, the animation looks terrible. It looks very much what you would see on Cartoon Network and everybody's upset and deservedly so. You're you're taking like beloved characters and making them look like they're all cracked out, you know, like on Ren and Stimpy or something. So I can't say I, I agree with you on that one, Peter. In the sense that, yeah, well, and maybe because uh, Thundercats for me is a distant thing, a memory. Um, I did think it was a curious choice. Um, yeah, I'm just gonna keep derailing the conversation with weird, um, <laughs> weird references. But uh, because Deadpool just came out, I was okay. throwing on. I don't know if you watched Deadpool, but not no yet. Well, there's there's a couple obvious jokes about Green Lantern in there, and like you know, Ryan, Ryan Reynolds, of course, was in the failed, I guess, Green Lantern uh, launch, and um, I, I, you know, it just sort of like struck a nerve with me. I was like, I, I remember watching that and liking it. I never watched it again. Like I came out of the theater, like I enjoyed that, and I know everyone else hates it, or that was the thing at the time. And so I got curious to uh, pop it in uh, last night and watch a little bit. I didn't finish it. Like, you know, I was just like, just like, oh, I'll, I'll get back to it. But uh, on the uh, the Blu-ray menus, there was a Green Lantern advertisement for a Green Lantern animated series. That was, okay. I, I don't know if it came and went, what happened to it. Because this, yeah. this Blu-ray is from, what, seven years ago? And very blocky, very, I had the same thought as what you're saying about Thundercats. Very Cartoon Network looking. Mm. And not like uh, the Batman or Superman animated series style. And I guess I had a similar reaction as what the Thundercat people did. I was like, huh, that's kind of goofy. If you're going to make like these Green Lantern core, like this heroic characters, as you said, look like Ren and Stimpy. So I don't know. Maybe it's maybe they're doing a comedy version of Thundercats, but... Oh, it is. Yeah, it, it is going to be comedy. And you know what? It's going to suit this new generation well, but... If you're taking that property, you, you would imagine you know people our age gonna want to check that out too. But already they're pissed off by like the first image uh, released. They should have just called it something else. It would have been like, hey, you know, it's kind of like Thundercats, you know, and it's actually okay. It's funny, like Rick and Morty. What do you think that is? That's Back to the Future. People love Rick and Morty. Could they have called it like Thundercats Babies, like Muppet Babies, if it was? <laughs> No, no, it's still Thundercats, you know, but we could be like, oh, it's kind of like Thundercats, you know, the the, the, the main guy wields a, a sword mm -hmm. and, you know, kind of like He-Man-esque, but yeah, I think that the word remake has become a dirty word. Um, it's just, yeah, there's just so many of them, and again, not a, a lot of them uh, are successful. However, with this, uh, the remake here, it looks like the budget was only $12 million, not bad at all, mm -hmm. and the box office 45 so it made triple the money, so it, it did well, I guess. Yeah, it's a modest little hit. 
Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? I mean, I in my audience, I felt um, I think the consensus was kind of positive. I think a lot of people actually kind of enjoyed it. You know, they're laughing and you know what? Maybe they hadn't seen the original. I'm not sure. But when I walked out of it, I go, you know what? It wasn't entirely terrible. Like I I, I get it. You know, like the uh, you, you um What's his uh, name in the movie? Leonardo. Mm -hmm. He's very over the top. And if you can get past that, you're like, okay, I kind of get their world. You know, uh, again, like Anna Ferris, her her movies, they they're all little, just a little. I don't want to say over the top, but they're not your like straight comedies. They're like like sitcommy. Yeah, I recently um, watched one for my other podcast, The Grand Gesture. Uh, starring her um, because she had Overboard coming out. It was uh, What's Your Number, a rom-com with uh, Captain America with uh, Chris Evans. Oh, right. Yeah. And I missed that one. Very over the top. Like The, the characters okay. uh, don't really resemble um, the real world in the sense like, you know, we watched um, How to Be Single, which is comedy that – imagine if you had the uh, like sort of the, the side characters. You didn't have Alison Brie. You didn't have Dakota Johnson if you just had like the people that you would meet on like one night stands, except in an Anna Ferris world, everyone is like the goofy character from like the one night stand, like comedy bit. And that's, yeah. you do have to kind of accept it. Uh, I don't think I could with Leonardo here. Like I kept just getting really annoyed by this dude. And I know he had, uh, this actor had a hit movie i think was it batteries not included or something like that they came out a couple of years ago it was some sort of title uh, let me I'll oh click i only know name. the 80s movie um oh sorry instructions not included was the name of it which uh he wrote directed and starred in uh oh, wow. and made 100 million worldwide so i know he's wow. sort of an, uh international um i say that because he's a, a mexican actor uh hit and did you notice on uh, my overboard was split between an English language version and Spanish language, which I, I thought was cool. Oh no! Yeah, no. so for like his fans, you know, he's got crossover appeal uh, That's in both yeah. languages. So, so yeah, he's uh, he's a successful comedian. Um, I watched this one first, and the remake that is, and I didn't really like his interpretation of the character. Like, I liked him better when he was. I guess um, brainwashed, maybe. I guess would be yeah. a you know that's probably an excessive way to say what happens to these these characters where they're convinced that they were they were leading a different life when he was like the working man. Uh, I didn't like him at all when he was a rich guy. I know he's not meant to be likable, but I didn't even right. really like the way he played it. And then I watched the original and saw how Goldie Hawn played it, and I'm like, this is yes, this is what I wanted from that character because I felt like I felt like the way Goldie Hawn plays it the film was not afraid to make her seem like a complete asshole. Like she is mm -hmm. horrible. Incarnate. And I felt like he was a little too silly and kind of goofy, even when he's trying to play mean, like, I, I just didn't feel like he's capable of playing like the total jerk. Like he's just sort of like a ridiculous sketch character. And so when, <laughs> if the premise of the film is to watch these rich people suffer, um, I didn't enjoy watching him suffer as much. Cause I didn't feel like the downfall was that big. Hey, Everyone does their homework, including me. And right now I've got to memorize protocols for thoracic surgery. So, Leo, why don't you get dinner started? What? Cook? Me? Cook? Sweetheart, I know you had a head injury, but we made a deal. While I'm studying for my exam, you keep the house running. 
But, uh, but I don't even know how to turn on a stove. Oh, honey, come on. <laughs> Salad, pasta, there's a jar of sauce in the fridge. Holy cow. Oh, 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 oh. Ah, pardon me. Nothing like an icy cold beer on a warm day. Mmm. Mmm. Like he wasn't, he wasn't, uh, Goldie Hawn is basically like Kaiser Soze, the original, mm-hmm. like just how horrible she is. And I just enjoyed the hell out of it a lot more of the original. So this is one of those things where we usually say on the show, I think if you're exposed to like a similar film, like original and a remake, you tend to like the original more. It's kind of like if you read the book first before watching the movie, you tend to just like the book more. Uh, this one was the opposite. I watched the original last and I liked it a hell of a lot more than I did the remake. I mean, it's a lot more charming, too. You have a lot better characters. Um, like the kids in the remake, you know, they reduced the, the number of them, and they're okay, but I don't think they're giving, like, too much to do, really. This uh, The remake hits a lot of very similar beats, a lot of similar beats. Um, some of them ripped out of the original. Uh, Eva Longoria, beautiful woman, great actress. I did not like her version of uh, Billy. You know, I thought Billy was a lot funnier. Uh, she doesn't give anything to do, really. She isn't, and and it she's the catalyst for all of this too. Mm-hmm. Where Billy wasn't, you know, and I didn't buy her character. Like I I I didn't like any of that. Where she's the one who's telling Anna Ferris, "Hey, this is what you should do," and like I don't think a good friend would actually do that, you know. And, it's uh, it's, like I was saying, where the film the the remake seems a little scared to make. Um, like the, the rich man a little too mean when he's rich. Uh, I also feel like you have to make the underdog here played by Anna Ferris. You have to realize that what they're doing is incredibly cruel at a certain point. Once, once you prank them, like for maybe a little bit, you know, you continue on basically treating, uh, both versions of the rich characters as slaves to a certain extent, whether it's like in the newer version, you're sending them out to do backbreaking labor and to go sleep in a shed which was strange or in the original you're forcing Goldie Hawn to play Susie homemaker and do all of your cooking, cleaning house chores and then like make her like it. So you said problematic is definitely this premise. I was actually a little surprised this even got remade to be honest. Cause I, <laughs> even well, though I was I, enjoying the original, I was just like, man, I don't know if this applies. And I, I don't think the remake successfully pulls off uh, avoiding the problems of the general plot, the general premise of this right. movie and and that's why i thought that uh i was going to welcome this remake because i was like okay you know this is going to be an opportunity to kind of make it you know a, a little bit better <laughs> you know uh, take away some of those issues but no no they didn't uh and they, they made this guy like a uh, sex addict and mm-hmm. um he is very much an asshole and I just I didn't like his character, and he just he looks like a Mexican Billy Bob Thornton, and I couldn't shake that. Oh, wow, I I've got him pulled up on Wikipedia, and now I kind of wish you hadn't said that because I will never <laughs> forget no, this. I didn't see that? No, good yeah. God, it's uncanny. So Jesus, that's that's what. Yeah, so I'm just I'm watching it, and that's all I saw, and his accent was throwing me off because I was like, no, you're supposed to sound like a hillbilly. Um, uh, you know, Anna Ferris, <laughs> I. I love her in most things that she does. So she's very much the same character in, in all her movies, House Bunny, you name it. You know, she's uh, not too different from those characters. Um, 
some of the beats again were identical and yeah. one in particular uh still got me just like it did in the original and it's basically when the kids are chasing after you know the parent that is leaving goldie Hawn in the original and then eugenio derbez here in the remake that still hit me uh and to top it off like i thought one one moment that i enjoyed in the remake was when um Leonardo teaches the, the little one how to ride her bike without training wheels and then it comes back when he drives off in the limousine she picks up that mm. that bicycle without the training wheels and just goes after him uh me as a father of three myself uh, I, I don't care what the context is like that's still that was still heartbreaking for me to watch and I'm gonna tear it up a little bit I don't think it's gonna surprise you at all to say that uh I don't like the kids in either of these films I don't like kids in general <laughs> Not even uh, the one wearing the Trailblazers hat and shirt. I mean, I, I, if you're going down that road, I prefer the Trailblazers <laughs> shout out to the Seahawks, uh, especially uh, like I would think it would have been cooler actually for both movies if they had been, you know, repping Seahawks gear in the late '80s. I would think that's cooler. Uh, I, I don't like this. Don't give up on the Blazers just because the Seahawks uh, went to a couple Super Bowls. So didn't like that, but. There, there were a couple different things. Uh, I liked that the kids were a little bit rougher around the edges in the original. Uh, yeah. <laughs> here's a very problematic scene where I guess after Kurt Russell and Goldie Hawn make love for the first time and she's, uh, I think he says it's like, it's always like the first time with you because it actually right. is. Yeah. <laughs> they wake up in the morning and for her birthday, for what he says is her birthday, because he's not yet had the guts to, to tell her, uh, what the real situation is. Um, Gets her a washing machine, which oof. <laughs> I can't imagine trying to pull that off. Like as far as like this is your birthday present, like clean my clothes, that sort of thing. Like I understand, like like in my shoes, my wife would probably be very happy if I just went out and spent a bunch of money to replace a very expensive piece of machinery, like bought a new dishwasher or like <laughs> you know something of that. But it would never be like this is a gift to you. Now use it <laughs> for me, right. that sort of thing. But in that sequence, the kids, I guess, get to reveal the uh, the washing machine, and one of them is since they are in bed together and have just woken up from a night of lovemaking for the first time. Um, one of them says she's got no tits, but she's got a nice ass, and so I was just like, "Oh, okay, so this is back in the the eighties. Like this is right. where these type yeah. of things could be said, and you just chuckle at how precocious and." Uh, sexist he is, and man, that's kind of weird because Goldie Hawn's character is thinking that's my kid that just said that about me. But yeah, um, I other than them being rough around the edges, I probably did like the interactions between this like fake parent or adoptive parent more in the uh, remake. I actually thought he was really good, uh, Darbez. If I'm saying it right, he was really good with the kids. I felt like he didn't have any chemistry with Anna Ferris, but he did with the children. Like I yeah, like seeing him yeah, more in the adoptive that. role. I don't think the new one works as much as a rom com. Certainly, when you're comparing it against Kurt Russell and Goldie Hawn, who have a decades long real life romance, like they obviously have chemistry together. But he was really good with the kids, and I think that bit of the film works better. And I actually did believe those kids would miss him as an adoptive father. I don't, <laughs> I don't know if the kids in the original would miss Goldie Hawn as the mother. Um, but she was very playful with them. But yeah, I mean, there's that moment where she goes to the school and they all have like poison oak. Right. Yeah. You know, so I thought that was a very nice 
Uh, one of the other interactions I do like about the remake is uh, Leonardo and his new work crew and how they're like just talking shit to him all the time, how he's got like lady hands mm-hmm. and, and all that. I love all that. I, I, I buy that and I think that works great. But Eva Longoria, I just didn't buy her as his best friend. And um, there was something else that uh, didn't quite work for me. Oh, uh, Leonardo's family. You know, his sister, who she's the one that goes to the hospital is like, oh, yeah, that's that's not my brother. You know, like I I didn't that dynamic didn't work for me. How the sister was just like, oh, I want to take over because she convinces her dying father and her other sister that the brother is dead, eaten by sharks. Overly complicated, I think. Yeah. When you compare it to the original, which uh, do you know that character actor's name? Um, The like basically the husband. Edward Herman, <laughs> that just like goes and is like, you know what, my life would be better without her. Like, and just says nope, yeah. <laughs> and just moves. Yep. The, the the entire like sort of uh, hospital sequence is much better than the original, where even the doctors and like the authorities are like, thank God, Kurt Russell's here. Like that that sort of thing. Like you can tell all of them want to get rid of this nuisance of a woman who's just horrible. Yeah. Um, yeah. I didn't feel that as much in the remake. Like. I don't know, or it just wasn't as funny to me. I don't, I don't know if Goldie Hawn. It's strange. I, I, I've kind of forgotten how like good she was, like at her sort of peak as like a comedic actress. Um, and because this role does require her to go from one end of the spectrum to the other, uh, and I think she's believable the whole time. If you can get past, as we said, the sort of problematic homemaker sort of role, um, but uh, this one. Yeah, I didn't the the family dynamic of the two sisters like you have one good sister and one bad sister, one that's like into giving charity and then you know the overbearing father. Um even the uh and we're skipping ahead here or at least I'm the the final sequence like sort of recalling the name of the film like Overboard where the way this mm-hmm. whole thing starts is one of the characters is shoved off the boat and like sort of you know their tools or whatever they are, are also thrown aside um where both parties have to, you know, have to throw themselves over to like to like basically reclaim like, like, no, this is one, what I want. I want to be with this person. I'm going to give up my past life. Um, I felt like even the original, like there were some funny little sides, like the, what was there? Like, is it like salmon poaching? Like that they have to, they're going to have to turn around. Like, <laughs> like there's a line that one of the, like, I guess the coast guard has where it's like, you know, this is more important than your friend's love life or something. And <laughs> just like, I, I, I felt like the remake focuses way more on this, like old rich bastard dad, like telling mm-hmm. his son no. Um and I guess I just like the silliness of the original more. Like that it still kinda it still kinda knows it's a goofy like love story. And I feel like the remake tends to lean a little bit more sentimental, a little less funny when it comes to that stuff. Yeah, I think so too. And another relationship that I really like in the original is also uh, between Roddy McDowell and Goldie Hawn. You know, the her what is he, like a butler or mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And then we got John Hanna on the other end here. And I don't like their working relationship. Like, I didn't really quite buy that. Uh, well, well, at least with him and Leonardo, it's basically inexistent. Uh, unexist- it's, it, it's not there, right? Thanos and, snapped his fingers. It's not there. And Roddy, yes, Thanos. <laughs> uh, Roddy McDowell, like, y- you. you can see where she kind of comes around and apologizes to him later on. And how she kind of gets integrated back in with the crew. Like, I don't think we get anything like that with the remake. You know, I don't know if anyone else really missed Leonardo, um, except for the the younger sister, you know. And so 
I mean, that pays off later on where she helps him, you know, gets his yacht back. That's how they get the money. Yeah. Uh, very, very generous. I think you're being very generous with the remake, Peter, a little bit. I, I was actually kind of surprised because I felt like I, I know you, you've done uh, Overboard before on uh, your other show. Do you want to pimp that out right now? I'm just I'm serving it up for you. Oh, I, I did it earlier, but I'll do it again. Podstalgic. Mm-hmm. Uh, did that with Margot D, a book versus movie. Probably a couple years ago, I think. Which is a really good episode, by the way. That was one I really oh, liked. Like, thank you. That was one of the rare times. I usually don't even listen to episodes uh, if I've not seen the movie. But... Posted by me. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have to say that uh, there are a lot of uh, films from that decade that I have no plans of seeing. But since I co-host the show with you, I should have known. Eventually, I would cover Overboard. So I uh, kind of spooled myself a little bit. But, uh, yeah, check that episode out if you can. I, I guess I get the impression that you were going to come out um as a hater because i i did see margo posting on social media like that she was like this is the trailer of the new overboard she was like oh god like none of this <laughs> and since you're more of a, a fan of that time period the, like those 80s movies um i i'm mean, kind of surprised because i'm the newbie here the the remake was technically my first uh impression of this this story and i came out of it like i sent you a text saying like i really want to talk about the original like i really like enjoyed it and you said it must have just been kurt russell's hair which that's about 70% of it. Um, sure. Uh, actually, it's probably about 50%. Uh, and the other 50 is probably Goldie Hawn's hair. Um, but, yeah, I I thought maybe it's just something where the, the like the problems of the plot, I think you can be a little bit more forgivable because you think, like, well, this was made in the 80s. Or, you know, it could right. be something that was made in the 60s or the 50s, whatever. Like, obviously, you can point out, like, hey, that kind of comes across as racist or sexist now. Um it's a bigger issue if it's a 2018 film, I think. And I think there's an attempt to kind of skirt the issue a little bit. Like you mentioned that Leonardo's like work relationship is a little, mm-hmm. you know, it's a little more fun. Like those cast characters, like I think that you don't feel as bad watching him do this quote unquote kind of slave labor that he has no business doing. Like he's been tricked into doing, uh, than you do watching Goldie Hawn raise someone else's kids. Like, because pretty much all of his stuff is him getting out of the house. Like, it's just funny stuff that's happening outside of it and then comes home. Like, the worst thing that happens to him at home is that he maybe has to be nice to those children. But that comes across naturally. Like, that actually doesn't come across as problematic at all. Like, he just seems like he's just, he just seems like sort of like the goofy uncle, like the way he's sort of raising mm-hmm. the kids. And I think that just comes yeah. across as sweet. It's not, you know, Goldie Hawn is not so sweet when she's. <laughs> you know being like chided to like cook them breakfast and like you know singeing the hair off her wrist or whatever that's i don't know all that stuff's a little it's hard to laugh at now you're you're right he uh eugenio he's like the goofy uncle right yeah. like that's that's why like i couldn't buy their chemistry uh i, I mean i may sound like i am a little bit more forgiving uh, of the remake uh which i mean i i kind of am but I, I'm probably not going to watch it all the way through at all again, you know, like in, in passing on TV. You know, maybe I'll just see what scene it's on. And I'll be like, ah, oh, that's right. You know, the mm-hmm. original is is much superior, a lot more funnier. Uh, I mean, one of my favorite scenes, again, is when, um, you know, Goldie Hawn, she finds that underwear in the truck, you know, and then Billy's like, oh, it's mine. You know, it's a sex worker or uh, uh, was it the phone sex caller yeah yeah you know like that interaction hilarious mm-hmm. and then you got eva longoria she's you know a box of condoms were found it doesn't it's not as funny 
I uh, I'm gonna transition us into our sort of recasting because I I was thinking about that this morning and I'm like man I don't I don't know if this premise needs another version because I <laughs> as we keep going back to it, it's just it's got a lot of issues to it to make it a pleasant experience as far as the revenge aspect of the film I actually just thought this I guess it's gonna be kind of a cheat I think one big fix to the remake as you switch the roles I think you make Eva Longoria the actual lead here. And yeah. have Anna Ferris as the sidekick best friend that throws out crazy ideas. Because one of the issues I have is like Anna Ferris, as I mentioned in that the other film, uh, that she can go broad and she can rose to prominence in like the scary movie series, which is very broad, very a spoof series. I think she could be the loud, obnoxious friend that's throwing out these crazy ideas, uh, and let Eva Longoria be the romantic lead with the kids, and she could play it a little more subtle, a little more straight. Uh, I also think it just makes a little more sense. Like as I was watching the movie, I'm like, why is Longoria not the lead in this movie? Why is she not the other half of this pair? I think it would just work a lot better and it would allow Anna Ferris to be funnier in the, like the, the best friend role. Yeah, no, I, I like that. Uh, I'm going to keep your Eva Longoria, um, as the lead, uh, and only because I watched this movie recently, who I think could have been like the better crazy best friend would be, uh, Tiffany Haddash from, uh, girls. Oh, trip. Yeah. 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 I just I, recently I watched she, that. Yeah. I thought she was great. She's pretty hilarious in that movie. So I think I'd buy her, you know, as a little, uh, neurotic, like, Hey, like, Hey, I got a good idea for you. Yeah. Um, and one that you and, probably, even though she, uh, has a lot of ideas, uh, you'd be like, maybe I shouldn't listen to that because she just, yeah. <laughs> cause, cause, because she is who she is like, yeah. okay, no, it's not the brightest idea, but for some reason she goes with it anyway. Yeah. You know, she's that, she's that friend with that will egg you on, you know, mm-hmm. that's going to get right. you in yeah, trouble. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and the, you know, instead of uh, Leonardo, what about that, um, uh, nephew guy who's also a singer. You know, I thought he was actually very charming. The nephew in the film. Yeah. Oh, yeah, so we're, was, you're, you're sticking with my thing. We're just moving people around. Yeah. Okay. And then adding Tiffany Haddish. Uh, I forget his name, but you know, he was the he was like the the Latino Justin Timberlake. I guess you know he wore the similar hat, the one who sang in the um the bar scene. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yes. The. Uh... I thought he was funny. Yeah, I could see that. Like that would you would uh you would then amplify a couple of the parts that probably need it. Um I think I was thinking more for the Leonardo character uh Michael Peña, I think is who I would I was going with because I was trying to imagine someone that would uh could play it who has played unlikable characters in the past, but just still oh, yeah. cracks he's me funny up. Too. He just yeah. yeah, and I I especially like him in comedies. Like he's um, of course, he's uh, Ant Man is one of the bigger ones where he's got a comedic uh, side role. There was another one that uh, a lot of people hated that probably most people haven't seen called War on Everyone that I really liked, where he's playing like a bad cop, like a really like really bad cop, and it's a really like sort of offensive comedy. And that kind of had it in my head where I'm like, oh yeah, he could play someone that just really says and does things uh, that he shouldn't get away with, but he's just a charming guy. And so I just I felt like he could play the rich asshole and. Uh, play someone that could interact with the kids and you would still like. So I just like him. That's, that's a shout out to uh Hiro from true bromance who says he should play everything. Like it's like his favorite working actor. So um, yeah, that's who I was thinking of. And uh, it's something against the, the lead guy here, the uh, Darbez in particular. I, uh, I, I don't know. I, I still would like have him in the film. I just didn't totally buy him as the, the rich asshole. Like he's just, yeah, he's just a little too nice seeming. 
Yeah, and he doesn't. I don't know. I mean, I don't know what a rich, spoiled, forty-year-old man would be like. But um, with the uh, tattoo of like a Looney Tunes character on his ass. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I didn't like that. Um, I I thought I don't know that might have been borderline racist. I, I don't know whose idea that was to have Speedy Gonzalez on his ass. Well, see, okay, I was giving the film the benefit of the doubt there because I'm like, oh, in the original, it must have been like. I don't know, Mickey Mouse, or it must have been some cartoon character, and they just they just changed who the character was uh, to the actor's preference or whatever. Like you know, that's he thought that would be funnier, uh, but instead, uh, it's a birthmark. It, yeah, I was like, so <laughs> why couldn't it just been a birthmark? What you know, why did we have to add this um, whole thing? Uh, also, maybe slightly gratuitous that that's how they went in the original, because uh, I guess the filmmakers like the child in the film. Uh, I just thought Coley Hahn had a nice ass, and that becomes a huge plot point. So, um, that could be it. I mean, they they may not be entirely wrong, but not PC. Um, no, uh, definitely, <laughs> you were correct on both counts. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you know, it's funny. Like, I feel I I don't remember um, my conversation with Margot, but uh, I think I feel like I might have said like, you know, it could have been cool if i uh, had it been kate hudson you know in this role oh yeah yeah you know um or even if it was a sequel because at the end of the first movie you know she asks kurt russell for a daughter you know she's like i, I want a daughter and so maybe that that could have been something you know uh, but yeah i don't know it would have been weird if it was in the same universe and it was still like a remake uh, with kate hudson but i think that would have been cool if it was actually her instead of uh, on affairs but um, no, hands down, the original that I would watch over and over and over again. Uh, this one, the remake, in passing, and pretty sure not in its entirety. I would never sit down from beginning to end again. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely in with you as far as liking the original. I don't know uh, how many more times I'm gonna rewatch it. I did buy it for four ninety nine on iTunes, like the <laughs> the weekend that uh, oh the original the original the weekend that oh, the okay. remake came out. iTunes put it on sale for five bucks and. I was like, ah, sure. Yeah, I'm going to do it for a podcast. Let's get it in nice HD. Uh, so now my wife would probably say, you better watch it again if you bought the damn thing. <laughs> so, uh, but that's not really that much more than renting it. Was it like usually like three bucks to rent it digitally at different places? Uh, I feel I feel like it's three or four bucks for like HD two ninety nine probably for the uh, so standard see, definition. All right, so I spent a yeah. dollar more to own the HD. Good deal. Thank you, iTunes. Yeah, I would have just gone to like Target for five bucks on on DVD. Blu-ray is probably not that much more, but uh, I mean, it's definitely worth owning. I, I feel I, I think the the chemistry between Goldie Hawn and Kurt Russell is so good. I mean, I'm going to turn again, the sound off. I'm just going to have Kurt Russell <laughs> and Goldie Hawn's hair in the background as a screensaver. There you go. Yeah, yeah, or or just loop it as a GIF, you know, somehow. Yeah. Uh, but again, the supporting cast uh, I just liked a lot better in the original. Uh, the only ones that I really like in the remake are just the the hardworking men, you know, who are just joshing each other and talking about their wives yeah, and yeah. stuff you know like the good old boys i feel that's very real yeah i agree with you there um we don't really know what we've got coming up next uh we're kind of uh this is your idea you're saying that uh we're going to change it up a little bit uh and do some pure remakes like this we're going to do some we've we've had our fun uh cheating on the the premise of this podcast and really the only thing that has been successful in that regard has been twilight and 50 shades <laughs> and i don't think either one of us will go through and go sequel by sequel on those but uh we may get desperate enough to do so i wonder if we have any fans of the original overboard um 
that loved the movie so much that they checked out the Korean TV show, uh, which was uh, loosely based on Overboard as well. Uh, and I feel, um, if I'm not mistaken, I think I did see that there was another uh, international remake that wasn't Korean. I think they said it, it was, was Hindi. Hindi. Uh, yep. There we go. From the early yeah. 90s. 92. Maybe, yep. Maybe that would have been uh, more fun, but uh, who knows? Can you imagine me having to pronounce that since I do the remake introduction? My <laughs> goodness, my Kentucky accent doing that. We just play clips of uh, Bill Paxton from Edge of Tomorrow every time I, I fuck up all the names. <laughs> well, the uh, the Hindi title looks like it's a Ik Ladka Ik Ladki. I think I could get the Ladki oh. part. I think I could get yeah. that. I'm sure that's some type of football player, probably, Ladki. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, so I guess we'll just wrap it up right there. And uh, you can find me at Podstalgic, Instagram or Twitter. Um, and also kind of talking about like revisiting, remaking and all that stuff. Uh, if you like the 80s, if you were ever a fan of Karate Kid, I recently covered um, uh, Cobra Kai, you know, the YouTube series over at TV8 My Brain. Uh, but if you follow me on Twitter, you know, I've been – uh, kind of just retweeting all the episodes I've been releasing. So I've done five of the ten at this point. You can find me uh, at, uh, I guess, uh, the best account for uh, this episode, probably Grand Gesture Pod, which Peter's been a guest on. And if you want to follow this show, obviously we're at Original Remake on uh, Twitter and Instagram. 